Human Trafficking True Crime covers the exploitation of men, women, and children across the world. Subject matter may not always be suitable for children or those dealing with mental health issues. Listener discretion is advised. If you or someone you know has been trafficked, please contact the Human Trafficking Hotline by texting HELP, H-E-L-P, to 233-733. Good day to all you beautiful listeners out there, wherever you are, whatever you may be doing. It's a pleasure to have you here listening to Human Trafficking True Crime, presented by Last Word. I'm your host, Shannon, and this is the one and only podcast telling the truth about human trafficking, giving victims and survivors the last word. If you like what you hear and you want to help support this podcast and our efforts to aid in recovery and missions of human trafficking survivors, you can do so by donating at lastwordbysl.com. But if gas prices have your bank account a little drained, you can still rate and review the podcast for free on whatever platform you're streaming from now. This will help us reach a larger audience and which in turn will increase our chances of bringing someone home and helping to solve a mystery. What is human trafficking? Human trafficking requires the use of all or one of the following to secure any type of labor or commercial sex act, force, fraud, or coercion. Millions of people fall victim to this horrific crime, while billions of dollars are generated from this type of exploitation worldwide every year. It happens in plain sight. It happens behind closed doors, at schools, through online gaming channels, TikTok, Instagram, dark websites. Trafficking can be at your local bowling alley, your grocery store, at the train station, anywhere. Traffickers can be anyone hiding a secret, a man or a woman, your teacher, an aunt or an uncle, an employer or a friend. They learn your vulnerabilities and exploit them while convincing you it's the right choice. Tonight, I have with me Erin. She's a strong-willed, bright, and vibrant young adult who has recently started uh, driving into the human trafficking world. Uh, She's working to understand it, learn more about outreach programs, and she even worked on a project to raise awareness and money uh, for a local nonprofit with a bunch of her classmates. So thanks, Erin, for being here tonight and taking time to speak with me. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Have you ever done a podcast before? No, this is my first one. All right. Well, no pressure. I know. I was like, (laughs) I'm a little nervous, but... Not We're just really. having a conversation and yeah. there's no one here. So it's not no, like you have to like pre- present to a group of people. Yeah. That makes it so much better. Right. You're just, they're out listening wherever they're doing yeah. the gym or <laughs> whatever. So, well, I wanted to talk to you tonight about your recent endeavor with the net. It's, uh, yes. I believe a nonprofit that does mm-hmm. human trafficking related, um, prevention and outreach and I know that you attended a seminar or like a one-on-one training that they had um, and I wanted to just 
hear about that event and what you learned from it. Yeah, it was really, really cool because it was they called it their training day. And I think they do it twice a year. Um, But what was cool about it is they went through so many different aspects of this. I hate to call it an industry, but of this issue. Yeah, I was like, it sadly is, but of this issue. So they started out in the beginning, um, really just defining it kind of like how you did and changing everyone's mindset of human trafficking and prostitution in general. Um, which to me, that was a big part is they really touch on prostitution and how it's not what it's perceived as, and it's not really a choice. Um, and so they really talked about that. They went into it neurologically and that was really cool to me to see like the science behind the brain of like why people stay there. Um, I can't verbatim describe what they talked about because I was like, I'm not. Well, and it's a lot of information to take in, which honestly Um, makes you think that attending those seminars several times would you'd still walk away with oh yeah something, something new. even yeah, yeah new information yeah. to you but it was probably mm-hmm. covered but it was just so much right. at this one at the same time yeah. yeah it makes you want to dive in more to even just that aspect of like why did your brain do this and things like that like traumatically things like that um so they went on that and then they also talked to like the men in the audience which I thought was cool about a lot of this industry I hate to say it, but it stems from males yeah and so going from like if we want, yes, we can save and we can help survivors and rescue and raise awareness about this, but we have to ultimately end the need for it and in the like desire for people to buy that right, and things like that. And so I thought that was really cool too. Um, and then they had a couple survivors come up and speak, which was, is always just weird, but amazing. Right. You hear their stories and it's just so heartbreaking, but also you see them now and they're flourishing and they have jobs and they've gotten their GEDs and things like that. So you can see that this program is working. Um, and then they kind of just described everything that they do. Okay. So were there a lot of men in the audience? I'm curious because in the time I've been doing this, there are, I've come across, um, you know, an, an amount of men that are good fearing men that are out here doing work, but Mm -hmm. proportionately it's mostly women doing it and men, aren't necessarily involved. Did you guys have a lot in the audience? I would say there was definitely more women for sure, but there was a handful of men in there as well. That's awesome. Yeah, it wasn't a huge event either. I think there was roughly about a hundred of us. Okay. So it wasn't massive, um, but there was still quite a few men. And it was cool at one point for their um, volunteer opportunities. They actually sectioned off because they have the men do different things. Yeah, okay. So for the women, I mean, you have opportunities to really work one-on-one with a survivor, work in, they have a boutique um, that they, the women will s- work in as well. And so you can work there as well. But for the men, it's much more, they'll like, I can't remember what they call it. It's their program for men was like, um, oh, I think yeah, I wrote I it down. Hold on. I, 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 I wrote it down. What I but think they like I, intercept M-A-S-E. Yes. It was men against sexual exploitation. Uh-huh. So the net had... Their mission that I read was they address sex trafficking and exploitation while supporting survivors. They believe everyone is worthy of the chance to mm-hmm. rebuild their lives. And under the NETS, you know, profile, they have the mass group, which was men against sexual exploitation. And then they had like a merchandise section, which, mm-hmm. or I don't know if it was called merchandise, but it was where they employ the 
at least if I was reading the paperwork that I, you get, like yeah. what you guys sent to me and I was looking at it, but they have a section where they would employ people that were coming out of yeah. the trafficking and giving them opportunities of employment. And then there were goods that you and me and regular everyday citizens can buy that yeah. then help fund some of yes. these efforts. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool because there's not a whole lot of men organizations no. around this. Now I know in no. our county, we have a really good organization that is a part of the nonprofit coalition group that mm -hmm. I'm a part of. Um, and they focus on the extreme traumatic cases of men and young boys mm -hmm. and even the transgender community. Yeah. Um, and they, they do like animal therapy with these kids. And some, sometimes yeah. these animals that are being provided for the therapy for the human tracking survivors have also been unfortunately victimized. So it's like a double, yeah. a double therapeutic effort, in my opinion, when you have traffickers that are, you know, doing animal therapy, but these animals are also victims in yeah. some cases, which is just absolutely disgusting. Yeah, um, but it's nice to hear that there's other more and more. Yeah. I feel like in the last couple of years, I've seen more and more men organizations for sure. Pop yeah. up. Yeah. And there's this cool because they do a whole separate training for men as well. So I think they call it like a breakfast and they'll have that a couple of times a year as well, I think. Um, and that's strictly just for men. So they have like sheriff departments come out and they have like other like governmental leaders come out and talk more about that kind of from a male aspect of like what you can do. Yeah. Because um, they had one of their um, workers, like leader guys who came up and spoke and he really talked about. He was like, it's sad, but like, we can't do the same thing that women can because a lot of the time the survivors coming out of it are like broken and kind of cautious of men yeah. typically. Yeah. Um, and he goes, so it's, we have to work in a different avenue than women can. Like we can't go straight to like survivors. We have to work in different aspects of like doing things to like prevent this. And so that was cool to hear too, because yeah. I feel like you don't hear about that a lot. Yeah. Well, and that's a different perspective to think about too, yeah. for our audience that, Unfortunately, I mean, the statistics are so, you know, y'all have heard me talk about statistics before, right. but men don't typically report right. a sexual crime. So yeah. when a woman reports it, they're more likely to have been abused by a, a male. Right. Um, so they're more likely to confide in a female. Mm -hmm. um, whereas when you flip that, there's not a whole lot of young boys and men that are yeah. coming forward for other men to be able to... to Hope. Yeah. And then whenever they are wanting to be involved, these men do have to go out at it a different yeah. way, whether that's like an investigative standpoint right. or, you know, doing things on the back end and they're yeah. not di directly involved right. or connected to the survivor. Never yeah. really thought of that. It's a good point. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So what was like one of the biggest takeaways that you learned from this event that maybe you didn't know going into it? Um, I'd say the biggest one for me is the way they just redefine prostitution and even talking to the survivors. I feel like oftentimes that's a really taboo subject or it's like, well, they chose that life. Well, they're doing that, but it's not. Right. So they, I mean, they had two women come up and speak and both of them had gotten into this human trafficking, like horrific industry at a young age. And so I want to say they were like 13 or 14, both of them. And it was kind of a classic, like, someone in their family had groomed them and things like that. Um, and so then by the time that they're in their early twenties or an adult, 
they don't have any sort of means to support themselves. So it's, they're not really staying in this by a choice. And so that's what a big thing that they drilled in everyone was prostitution isn't a choice. No matter how much we're told that in society, it's never really a choice. There's always an underlying story and an underlying reason why they're there. Right. Well, and then you hit the nail on the head too with that. When people grow, we all grow up. So when you are a runaway or exploited at a 13, 14, 15, or even younger Mm -hmm. age, you are still a young adult and don't have all the tools in your toolbox to lead a productive life. You know, um, you're oftentimes high school dropouts Mm -hmm. in some cases, middle school dropouts, and then you get forced into this atmosphere in this life. And then you blink and you're 25 and your normal every day, 25 year old has a job and, you know, is, is somewhat established and, this is the only means of yeah. employment for you at this point. Right. You're and at then, square one. Right. And mm-hmm. then they oftentimes feel trapped, not knowing or not being aware of the resources. I oh, think yeah. the problem is in that sense is a mm-hmm. lot of people. I don't think people are ignorant in the sense that they don't think that there's not resources out there that are available. I think the problem lies in they don't know the resources available in their area. Yeah. Yeah. And how you go about getting, Getting so like say you Mm -hmm. had someone that was 25 and they maybe woke up one day and they had an opportunity to escape, but they don't, they don't know who to call. Right. You know what I mean? What are you going to call 911? Like, I mean, I guess you could. And, but the problem with that is a lot of law enforcement don't Mm -hmm. even know. Yeah. They don't know how to handle the situations. Right. Well, and that just leads to why a lot of them get incarcerated, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure we had a conversation once about this program, the net as well, that don't they do um, a type of outreach towards prisons and jails? Yes. And I mean, I think that's great because a mm-hmm. lot, one, we need that intervention, but we also need to get to the point where law enforcement officials, first responders are, well, first of all, they're mandated reporters. So if they see something that's, you know, an adult and a child mm-hmm. that's inappropriate, they're mandated by law to report to, yeah. that. But oftentimes who's, who's policing the police? No one's checking up on that. And if they, they don't know mm-hmm. that I've heard of, of law enforcement officers, not even knowing that they were mandated reporters. And I'm like, well, how do you get into this position of being right. a law enforcement officer and not knowing no, no. that? And not that they don't want to yeah. or wouldn't, but it's like that there's a disconnect. Yeah. And then too, a lot of law enforcement officers and departments don't even know they don't even have mm-hmm. a resource within their own department that coordinates with these nonprofits in yeah. and this is a problem even in my own area I know that for a oh, fact yeah. Yeah, so yeah. tell yeah. me more about their outreach though to the the what was it a jail prison yeah, so, it yeah. wasn't a prison right it was just like county jails I think or? it was just county jail. okay I'm not Totally for sure, but I want to say it was just a county jail. People who um, are incarcerated yeah. in some form. Yeah. So basically what they get is I think they have that institution, like the county jail, send them a list of women who are there for sex-related crimes. And so then they they literally just go in and talk to them. So they'll go in during visiting hours and just talk to the women and build relationships. And so they were like, we ask things as easy as, how was your day today? Right. They go, and their faces immediately when they're asked that are kind of taken aback because they're like who is this a random stranger just asking me this and they don't have anyone to talk about that with because nobody comes um and so they build relationships so then once they are out 
they are also able to find them the resources they need to not fall back. Right. Kind of, because that's what a lot of the, both of the survivors said as well as they were like, I mean, we a had opportunities to leave, but we didn't know what to do. And we both were, I think they were reached when they were in jail. And so then when those women came, they were like, we found this place. And so when we were out, we were like, I mean, I guess we'll go here. What else do we have to do? Right. Kind of. And it was wow. just one resource that they had access to and knew that was in their area. And it wasn't like, it was in their literal area. So it was, they knew where it was and things like that. Um, and they're like, and that truly saved my life. It's just having them come in and talk to me and build this relationship. Cause that was a whole big thing for them too, is they're like, we're not just like here to just like save and then be done. Like we're forming relationships with these people, which I think is really cool too, because yeah. th- like, I feel like times they can get outcasted and just like thrown when it's like, no, they're still need to be reached. And like, not as just a like, check, we got you done. But as right. like, they're be still friends humans. with them. Yeah. They're still humans. Just like be their friend. That's what they want. And that's the reason they said is this program works so well is they're our friends now. And so like, we still keep in touch. Even now we're done with the program, 10 years finished, but I still keep in touch with them because they're my friends now. Right. And that's what saved my life. And so I think that was so cool Yeah. and really hit me as I was like, I would love to see that everywhere. Right. Well, I mean, you, you were talking about relationships and building on those and I've always tried to stick to the motto of relationships that matter, building Mm -hmm. on relationships that matter. And whenever, you know, last word and the podcast and all this was like a thought in my brain and not, not actually, that was something I wanted to motto it off of is this is about building those relationships. And the more I've got involved with the nonprofits in my area and looking to see how there are tons of nonprofits that are fighting this, this, atrocity, but they're all doing it in different ways. Mm-hmm. And and maybe if they're not, maybe they're would be considered a quote unquote competitor of each other, but they're yeah. all fighting for the common goal and they right. come together and work and they help each other out. And then mm-hmm. it's about building that relationship and building those relationships with your first responders and your law yeah. enforcement officers in your community so that when they come across a situation mm-hmm. where they have now arrested a prostitute, which that's mm-hmm. another bag of issues, yeah. but at least they are taking those tools of addressing, yes. okay, this person's been in here and has been arrested one, two, three, however many times mm-hmm. it's time to intervene mm-hmm. before this escalates to something else. Right. And now those officers are aware of that and yeah. they're working toward bettering their own community. This yeah. network is in the DFW area, yes. correct? More mm-hmm. specifically the wasn't it the outreach and the police stuff? Was that more focused in Fort Worth? Yeah. So they're more Fort Worth focused, honestly, strictly Fort Worth focused. So they're less of like Dallas didn't kind of. Right. Okay. They're more Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. Okay. I thought so. I couldn't remember though. Um, but still, I mean, Fort Worth isn't, I mean, that's, you know, stones throw away. It's not too far from us. And I know that we're doing that in our city. So it's Mm -hmm. nice to see that a major city like Fort Worth Worth is awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, when, I guess my next question would be like, when did you first learn about human trafficking? Like when was, what was, how did you get introduced to this world? Um, I mean, I feel like honestly growing up as a female, I was always just like aware of it. I think my mom just made me super aware of things that like can happen and things not in like a too young age where it's like, right. you could get kidnapped. But it's like, always be aware of your surroundings. 
um, and things like that of just knowing that there's just like knowing that there is evil, not to scare you, but truly just to be aware. Um, and so, I mean, I've, I remember once as like, I think I was like 13 or 14, there was this seminar at my church and it was all about, um, this one survivor girl who I think was like 13 or 14. And I mean, it was totally anonymous. She like recorded a video, but she was, I think blacked out. They didn't say her name or anything, but she just told her story. And I just remember sitting there being like, she's my age and we're living completely different lives. Right. And it was, it her story was wild because she had gotten involved with these older guys and then one thing led to another. She somehow ends up in this and is being sold, but she was only on the weekend. So she would go to school during the week and her family didn't know. So everything is normal. And then on the weekend she would right. be sold and then come back to school on Monday. And that to me, just like I mind blown as a early teenager of like, how can that be your life? Right. How is that possible? Yeah. How is that possible? And right. so I think I've always been kind of aware of it. And then it just grew as I got older and more resources became available. Cause I think there's definitely more resources now and it's yeah. definitely gotten louder. Um, and to me, I was like, I just, I wanted to stop. So then it was just the thing I just got passionate about. And I was like, well, let's just end this. Like, what can I, I do like, to yeah, help? What can I do? <laughs> I know. I'm one of our first conversations. It's been, I mean, gosh, I've known you guys for a couple, three years now. I don't yeah. even know. It's been a while, but, um, I don't even honestly remember how human trafficking got up, brought up between all of us in conversation, but it was like, honestly, it feels like from the beginning, that's all, you know, we had a bond over that. Like it's very odd, um, but exciting in in Mm -hmm. the same way, like not odd in a bad way, but just because, and the way I, I guess I say odd, because when I first started getting into this, I really felt alone. Like I felt like nobody was talking about it. Nobody believed Mm -hmm. all of this was going on. And then, you know, God leads you in weird ways and different things happen in your life. And then people get brought into your life and you're like, Mm -hmm. Whoa, they are like-minded and think the same thing. And it's, you know, just building your army of Mm -hmm. good Christian people that want to see this atrocity end. Yeah. Um, do you, I mean, I guess you kind of already have told a couple of stories between the net and this church experience mm-hmm. story. Do you have any other stories that have really just stuck out in your, in your journey on this or any true crime in general? Maybe it doesn't yeah. have to be human trafficking related. Um, honestly, your one of yours that you did, it was oh, name, really? no, for real. <laughs> I think it was because it was so different than what I heard. It just stuck with me so much. It was, I think her name is Amy. The Amy Lynn Bradley on the cruise ship. Yes. I I feel like that one has hit a lot of people. It's got one of, it's one of the top three most um, listened and downloaded. Yeah. 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 It it really just hit me. And I think it's because it was so different to the others. Like, I feel like all the others had some sort of, not that they're the same, but they were a little bit more similar. They were like groomed more or fell into like this, where she was just like, I was on a family vacation. Like targeted, targeted. Yeah. Right. A lot of the other cases we've covered have, They've kind of been hanging out with the wrong crowd right. or were groomed or, and then yeah, kind of fell in. She uh-huh. was straight up like here one day and, and gone, gone the next. Yeah. yeah. So that one was the craziest to me. And that it's so many things that happened that it was like, oh, there's a glimpse of hope, which to me is so heartbreaking for her family. I can't even I imagine know. just to be like, 
we were so close if we would have been here a day earlier like the dangling of the carrot and then it gets like you or the light at the end of the tunnel you see it and then it gets yeah that case is so different to me well i was also gonna say too you're around the same age now that she was and i think that's why it also hit me as i was like so there, you know, every case for me, and I think for most people that listen to true crime, they all hit you differently. Yeah. Some of them hit you a little bit more harder than others mm-hmm. and for different reasons. Right. Yeah. Um, there've been a couple cases that we've covered that we covered one because they were obviously in my opinion, or could potentially be related to human trafficking, but there were a couple of them are my age too. And I remember when they went missing originally, like the Roxanne Paltoff. I oh, mean, yeah. I, you know, she's out of Austin. I remember right. hearing like, you know, when that first mm-hmm. happened, reading a random news clip or whatever, and then, yeah. you know, not hearing about it for a while. And then it get brought back up and I'm like, wait a minute. That's right. I remember her. She's the same age as me. And mm-hmm. I think too, as you get older and then you, you know, time goes by and you reflect back on the case and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm 34 years old. Mm-hmm. She would be the same age. Yeah. And what has her life been like yeah. since she's been gone? Um, yeah. But the thing with the Amy Lynn Bradley case that I also find crazy is the whole getting asked to go to the bar, Charlie and St. What was, oh gosh, the bar in Aruba that the Charles and Carl, Carl, oh gosh, it'll come to me, but it's Uh the same bar that Natalie Holloway was asked to go to. Yeah. It's like on the tip of my tongue, but I just can't say it for some reason it'll come to me, but which I thought was interesting in that, you know, it's now that's made me want to dive into Natalie Holloway a little more because Mm -hmm. I never really, that's another case that kind of stuck with me from a a young age because Mm -hmm. we are the same age. And I remember begging my parents to go on a senior trip. Granted, I wanted to go to Egypt. I had no desire to go to a beach, but my parents like downright refused. Like, nope, not going anywhere. Like you can go to your grandparents' house, like that kind of thing. But she goes on this trip and, Mm -hmm. you know, I remember the news just blowing up about it. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like we are legit the same age. Like we graduated the same year. And I've never really, like, I remember her case. I never got deep into it. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm like, same bar, same area. That's so weird. Did the same thing happen to her? Right. Yeah. Was hers the same? It was just like, she was here one day and then totally gone. Right. It's so weird. It is weird. And it's weird how each case hits you. Mm -hmm. Just different. Yeah. For Especially sure. too, I think when I've had viewers, viewers, listeners tell me that certain cases will hit them because of the child's age and maybe that's the yeah. same age as their child or, or yeah, their cousin or something. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, um, it is. What do you think is something that we as a society and or individually can do to help make changes? I mean, I know... I know what I, yeah. you know, I know what the things I've said, but I'm just curious from your standpoint, like things you've identified that if everyone did yeah. this, we would be on the path toward something better. Yeah. Um, I know. I was like, I think it's obviously each individual person will have a different passion. Um, and one thing I thought was cool actually at the seminar I went to is they were like, you can't fight for this out of guilt. Like you have to fight for it out of passion, which I was like, it's so true. And you should have a passion for it's people. And so I think truly just bringing up in conversation and changing the way that we talk about it is big because I'm like, everyone can do that. Like maybe not everyone is going to go out and do a jail outreach or reach 
and help survivors and things like that. But we can all be a part of the conversation and bring awareness to it and change the way we're talking about all these things. So just change our mindset about how these women are affected, when they're affected, and all these individuals are affected and things like that, um, I think is something we can all do. I think that's a great, great start. The conversation yeah. opens up the doorways right. of potential areas mm -hmm. of, you know, improvement or what, you know, when we converse and talk to each other, ideas start flowing yeah. and, you know, missions and, and activities that we mm -hmm. can do individually or together to make that change. Yeah. The Mother Teresa quote where it's like, you know, I alone can't change the world, but I can yeah. cast a yeah. stone to make many ripples is like one mm -hmm. of my favorite quotes. And it's so true because if individually we all do something every day to lead that better life yeah. and, and do something nice for someone else, it just trickle. It's that trickle yeah, effect, like right? Effect. It'll affect mm -hmm. everybody. Um, but opening up that conversation because mm -hmm. that, I think that's key because I, I still, and I know I'm, I talk about it a lot and I'm yeah. never going to not talk about right. it, but I still will be in conversations with people and they're like, no idea. Oh yeah. Some of the things I say, or they oh, think yeah. I'm, I'm, it's a conspiracy theory and you're like, yeah. no, yeah, it's no, this not. Is real. These are real mm -hmm. cases. These are real issues that have happened. And mm -hmm. it's surprising to me. I don't want to say people are ignorant because I think people want to learn, but it's surprising to me how ignorant human trafficking is to people as a whole. Yeah, for and sure. And what their perception or thought is of it. Yeah. I think a lot of people have a misperception mm -hmm. and understanding of, of what it actually is. Right. Yeah. Because they think, Oh, well, if you're in Vegas, it's legal to be a pro. Well, yeah, it's legal, but right. that doesn't mean that these people are actively choosing to do that. They're right. just now being, they're just being in a way their pimps are being protected mm -hmm. by the law yeah. or their trafficker is being, being protected. protected. Right. But it's just not. a criminalized, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a criminalized activity that is still being done under the guise of being legal. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. I always said that cause I don't know. I always think I'm like, nobody wakes up and is thinking, this is what I want to do. I want to be a prostitute or like sell right. myself for prostitution. So I'm like, there's no way it's actively your choice. There's always some sort of reasoning, always some sort of coercion of some sort that is making you live this out. Because, right. I mean, that's what a lot of people have said. They're like, it's either I did that or I didn't eat. Yeah. And so when you're in that position of true survival, like, okay, either I don't eat for the week or I do this that I know will give me something. Right. And I'm like, that's not still actively choosing it. You're still under a reason of why you... Right that happened. Right. There was a story I read of a lady out of, um, the state of Washington who spoke about her trafficking experience and basically like, you know, she, she had a trafficker, she had several kids, she was mm -hmm. unfortunately addicted to drugs. Mm -hmm. And it, that's what a lot of people don't realize too. And I, I preach this all the time that drugs, human trafficking and mm -hmm. homelessness are a marriage yeah. of three and they oh, yeah. are all very hand in hand with each other and in bed, but lack of a better word yeah. or term um, with each other. And when you're addicted to a drug and all you care about is mm -hmm. your next high because yeah. you're coming down off withdrawals right? and 
that you know your dealer, you know, you don't have any money, but your dealer will give it to you if you turn tricks or, you know, you provide a service of sorts. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, same with being homeless. You're Mm -hmm. you're in a very vulnerable situation where you may be thinking that you're in a relationship with the person and you're on the streets together, Mm -hmm. but he's hungry and wants to eat. So he's going to exploit you to get y'all's next meal. Yeah. And this one particular girl in Washington, I mean, she was talking about how it was, it was basically that like, she's, Mm -hmm. you know, if I didn't turn tricks, I wasn't eating. I wasn't getting my drugs. My kids weren't eating. And I'm like, it's just, it's mind blowing. Yeah. And I think that the drugs is a whole nother aspect that isn't talked about that much where they typically are hand in hand, at some point you're addicted to drugs or you're exposed to them. Um, and I think that is another part of the conversation that is not open because that's a whole different issue. Yeah. And it's a whole nother reason of why this is an issue. Right. Why human trafficking is an issue. Right. Well, drugs, I mean, that's a, that to me is a, it, the road can go different ways in that. A lot of people can get involved in drugs and become addicted and then end up being trafficked because yeah. they have to feed that addiction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then other avenue of that is someone that is groomed and, you know, put up in this situation mm-hmm. where they're forced to do this or they're given the drugs to be lucid enough and to do, cut yeah. loose to do Mm-hmm. whatever their trafficker yeah. is wanting, thus creating an addiction that right. maybe didn't even exist beforehand. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like what I think about the Amy Lynn Bradley case, for example, yeah. and what she's been through. And also too, you don't factor in it. It's all goes back to the mental health aspect is that, you know, Amy Lynn Bradley, for example, you know, had everything going for her, mm-hmm. didn't have drug issues you know, say that she was in a situation where her trafficker never exposed her to drugs, but maybe because her mental health is so, you know, she's after years of captivity, doesn't have hope down in the dumps, her, you know, she's depressed and then turns to alcohol or drugs to, to numb that pain. Right. Because I mean, I can't even imagine if I was in that situation where I'm being raped day in and day out and exploited day in and day out that I wouldn't turn to something to numb that too. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. So it's, it's connected. It's, Mm -hmm. it's a web. It's, you know what I mean? It's just a web of chaos and craziness with human trafficking, drugs, homelessness, Mm -hmm. um, you know, all interconnected prostitution. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, it's, it's a very blended gray area and there's not a, profile, if you will, you know, we all talk about true crime and mine Hunter and and Mm -hmm. Douglas and all these people that, you know, worked with FBI and and profiled killers and and totally like moved the needle forward and understanding these crimes, human trafficking, it's kind of hard to do that because Mm -hmm. every case is different. Every person's entry into it is different. Mm -hmm. Every trafficker's experience and what they're doing there isn't any one clear profile yeah to guide off of right i I mean it's right you can't look for i mean you have some signs but all of them are different right i mean you have you know your increased awareness of people that are involved in drugs or homelessness or you know street activity gangs Mm -hmm. yeah but you know you all you have all that but then you also have your soccer coach, your youth pastor, your right. science teacher, 
all these people that are pillar members of society or should be right. pillar yeah. members yeah. of society that live behind this ruse of right. high up officials, things like that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that that's a whole nother a whole avenue nother. of human trafficking mm-hmm. because then it gets covered up. I mean, there's cases yeah. in Oklahoma. I mean, they're all over. There's cases everywhere of, of victims that finally get the courage to come forward and they're not believed because they're a prostitute, because they're a drug addict. They're not right. credible. Because they have all these things that make them not credible. Right. Yeah. And they become deemed not credible by people mm-hmm. in power that are also involved in the exploitation in mm-hmm. of these people. So then it just oh, yeah. never gets resolved and yeah. they never get just some sort of closure for their sake. Right. Yeah. And then it just continues to escalate. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very unsettling and hard to like wrap your head around sometimes because you can't, yeah, yeah. What, okay. So when you think of human trafficking and I know like we've had conversations of this and how deep it really goes and who really could be involved. Um, so like when you think human trafficking, do you believe that it can go as deep as some theorize, theorize, like you know, the whole think of Jeffrey Epstein, for example, yeah. or Prince Andrew and, yeah, yeah. and the level of mm-hmm. people in power that are involved. Where yeah. do you stand on that? I mean, I always try to keep a wise head about it, but I fully believe it can be as deep as that. Right. I mean, to me, it's a high dollar industry, so to speak. And so I'm like, billion, but yeah, generates like, billions yeah. and billions of dollars every year. Right. So I'm like, it's not cheap. And like Joe Blow down the street doesn't have billions of dollars. So who has money? Right. And I think of high up officials. I mean, even I go to say like Hollywood too. Right. That's a whole nother aspect where I'm like all of those high up actors and things like that, they have money to just blow. So I'm like, what are you that kind of all of them? Right, right, right. Obviously that's where I'm like, I try to keep a Well, yeah. And, and how head. can you decipher? Right. Yeah. Until I'm, allegations and things start coming right. forward where you're like, okay, Kevin Spacey, like didn't yeah. see that coming, but yeah, now, we'll, now we know now we'll Harvey yeah. Weinstein. Yeah. That's the other thing that I think people don't realize too about human trafficking is like to go piggyback off what we were literally just saying is you have all these different avenues of how people mm-hmm. can get involved and you have the homelessness and the drugs, but then you also have these people that are trafficking and they have billions of dollars mm-hmm. or millions of dollars. Yeah. I shouldn't, I mean, but I, you know, some, I, I don't know if people who have billions of dollars right. are involved, but money. we know Jeffrey mm-hmm. Epstein had millions of dollars. Oh, so yeah. we'll use him as an example. Yeah. Who knows how much the, the Prince Andrew and the queen have, but right. they probably have billions too. But the point is, is we know that these people were involved in these things. So mm-hmm. we do know that people with power and money and, and right. stature in the, in the, community and in the world had to be involved are involved Mm -hmm. and so how deep does cover-ups go oh yeah you know and that that goes back to the whole jeffrey epstein the first time he got arrested and how it just kind of like got swept under the rug and then it took another 10 12 years before it it reared its ugly head yeah Yeah. Had to come forward and, and like, why, no, why, why does it have to get to that point yeah. when, if this was any other random person on the street, they in theory would have been charged. Oh yeah. The first time. Yeah. Yeah. So, Cause then I'm like, who's, but are you trying to say now? Yeah. And whose money are you using or who are you blackmailing yeah. to get 
You know what I mean? Because unfortunately that's the way of the world. Like Mm -hmm. money, money pays everything. Money is the root to all evil. Meaning when you have money, you can do pretty much whatever you want and pay off whoever you want. If you have that kind of money. Right. And so it does in my, in my opinion, there's no telling where the rabbit hole goes and how deep it goes. Because when you have powerful people at play and a lot of money at play, it's, it's going to be hard anything. to tell. Yeah, because anything will go at that point. And I feel like the human part of you wants to be like, no, like we believe that's good and stuff. But then so many things have started coming out lately where, I don't know, maybe I'm not just not an optimist, but I'm like, I'm not going to fully believe you are who you, you say you are. Because right. I'm like, there's so many allegations and things like that where I'm like, well, how, like, I mean, why couldn't you? Right. And especially now, everything with Epstein and all of their trials, I'm like, who are you covering up for? uh, Yeah. Who did you have on that island? Like, we're all still waiting. We are all still waiting for those lists. And that's the thing that's most frustrating is I don't give a crap if these people have money or not. If you're abusing people, especially minors and children, Mm -hmm. those names should have been blasted from the get go. Like, you're not telling me that it's it's an integrity of an investigation at this point. What Mm -hmm. investigation? You're not doing anything. Yeah. This is just the victim getting victimized all over again in a different way. Yeah. Because it it takes so much for them to come out and have to basically relive everything and then nothing get done. Right. Like that would just be so heartbreaking and frustrating all over again in a new way. Well, and it's it's covering up for people in power and they're still able Mm -hmm. to continue to do and get away with what they're doing because... Until, unfortunately, until we have hard evidence right. and the right people coming together, working with the right mm-hmm. organizations and the right group of people yeah. to get that out there. And unfortunately, it's never going to change. Yeah. It, I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I don't want to be right in that. I want it to change. But when you look at the powerful people in Hollywood, for example, how many people knew that Harvey Weinstein was doing that? And not one of them said anything. Right. Well, you're going to tell me all of those people were scared to say something or they didn't say anything because they knew that other people had dirt on them. Right. Yeah. And they, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like, don't rock the boat because fingers will point real quick at you for X, Y, and Z. Oh yeah. So everyone just turns a blind eye. I mean, you have Which stars like Corey Feldman and you know, uh, What's that kid's name that was in Home Alone? McCulkin. Oh. You know, yeah. Corey Feldman's talked about it. Corey Hames talked about it. All these child stars of yeah. the 80s. And then you look at a lot of them and they've had drug issues. Mm-hmm. They've had alcoholic abuse. Yeah. You know, they've had traumatic experiences. Makes yeah. you wonder, like, well, that. all this stuff that, you know, unfortunately, especially in men, they don't talk about it. And then yeah, they turn to something else to numb mm-hmm. their pain. Yeah. So when you look at a lot of these Hollywood stars, male and female, yeah. in my opinion, that grew up in this industry and a lot of them suffer from addiction of sorts. Yeah. What are you trying to numb? That's what true. what pain I mean, are yeah. you numbing? Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's so true. I mean, though. look at Disney. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Anyways, gosh. if you could answer one question about human like a human trafficking story or any true crime story, what would it be? Like, I guess if you could solve a crime or if you had, could answer any one question. Ooh, that's so, I feel like there's so many. I'd be like, I want to answer this one. This one. Right. Um, Putting you on the spot too. And it's hard to answer because you want to know a lot, like, yeah. especially if you're talking about it from a true crime story right. or a human trafficking story, 
you want the answers to all of them, right? Yeah. Oh, for you sure. You don't want to like pick anyone over no, another. Yeah, but like, I want everyone's answer. Um, I think I'm going to go back to Amy. I'd want to know what happened. Like, I want to know who that was. I want to know, because to me, that whole story with her on the cruise ship and them not basically just closing the gates and not letting anyone off the boat to me says a sign that people working there are in on it. Yeah. Cause I'm like, it's you as a captain. Why aren't you like shutting the gates? Like the parents said, like, don't let anyone off the boat, like lock it down just till we search the ship. But you nonchalantly are like, no, it's fine. And right. just let everything go normal. Right. That to me is the weirdest part. And so I want to know what happened to her because she was in her hotel room scene. And then it was like, a couple hours later was just gone. Right. So I'm like, where, what happened? Where did she go? Where was she put? Cause she had to be on the ship at some point. They hadn't docked yet. Right. And so then when they did, I'm like, you totally just missed the opportunity. The opportunity. Yeah. I and know. so I was like, I want to know who all is in on it on that ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, cruise ships have like such crazy laws and, Oh yeah. And stipulations and all the things. And it's yeah, not just, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. I do think for Amy, though, I think they got her off the boat in one of those like laundry buggy things. They would have to. And that sounds so like movie, but I feel like there's unless they put her in like, um, you know, I don't it's been a while since I've been on a cruise. But when they're moving the food in and out, like so they're going to be moving food and trash and and beverages and, you know, all of these essentials in and out of the boat. Right. Yeah. In between these stops, you know that at every stop they're probably getting trash out. Yeah. Like if they were using a laundry bin for trash, I could see that she could have been in there. Yeah, She was transported on something. She had to have been right. Because I don't think she fell overboard no i don't think so either right do you listen to any other podcasts besides ours i know you do Um, and do you think any do you want to share any of those that you think our listeners might be interested in um yeah i honestly don't listen to a ton yours is the one i listen to like religiously i do listen. i'm not just saying that to like sound good (laughs) i really truly like it so everyone if you haven't listened to all the episodes, go back and listen. Like, highly recommend. They're getting better. I will say, like, when you go They're back good. and I listen to the first few, I kind of cringe at, like, too, you're listening to your own voice. And oh, yeah. Just the flow of it, too, I feel like has gotten better and better. Yeah. And so it's just going to keep getting better. Oh, yeah, That's so sure. sweet of you. Thank you. But yeah, definitely. Um, but I do listen to some of Wondry's. So like the vanish is good. Yes. Yeah. I, I think they're love really good. Marissa's. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've gotten quite a few... Um, other names of people from that cases that she's covered. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, she covered Lashia Stein. And so when I was writing, you know, that episode, Mm -hmm. I referred back to that podcast a lot because she had a first canned interview with her mother. So it was really nice to be able to hear directly from her mother, knowing the questions that Marissa Mm -hmm. asked her. Um, So there's been a couple other that I've actually put in my pipeline of what stories I want to cover, like Mm -hmm. moving, you know, later on down the future. But I love her. And I love that she's very open about like, I'm going to cover anyone that's missing. That's not getting reported on. I don't Mm -hmm. care if they have a drug problem. Like stop asking me. I mean, she hasn't actually said it like that, but she is very vocal about, I get a lot of questions of why I cover a lot of cases of people who are homeless or have drug problems. Mm -hmm. And she is not letting that stop her. And I think that's awesome. Like I've been listening to her for probably five, what probably since 2006. 17 maybe yeah hers are good I just recently got into podcasts I wasn't a huge like 
I was always true crime, but I was more of like books and like yeah. documentaries probably. And so then when like podcasts came around, it took me a while, but I finally found some and I was like, no, these are good. There's a couple others from Wondery that I listened to, but yeah, they have some good ones. I've kind of had to like take a break. I'm like a love <laughs> podcast, but uh-huh. I've had to take a break from the true crime space of podcasts yeah. that I've been listening to like marketing related and financial related podcast just yeah. to like do something completely different yeah. because when you're case doing cases and you're researching the cases on your own and you're volunteering and you're oh working gosh, in this yeah. space all the time and then you're listening to true it's just all the time it consumes it, you yeah it can definitely can wear your mental health mm-hmm. a little bit oh, so you've got to yeah. like you know, find other things yeah. to listen to. Yeah. Uh, but Wondery has a lot of good mm-hmm. ones. But Marissa is one of my favorites. Yeah, she's I love good. her. Aww. Well, thanks for uh, coming out and talking yeah. to us about all the fun things that you did with Net. And mm-hmm. I'm also, um, you know, I know we've talked about this. There's a lot of the nonprofits through the C7 Coalition, mm-hmm. which Last Word is a part of. Yes. And they have over 40 different nonprofits. Yeah, and I know amazing. we have talked about one of them and I'm hope I'm not saying the name wrong. I feel like I always do, but the poem foundation that mm-hmm. does the street outreach yes. at the first of every month. Um, and I, I'm like 98% sure I'm just waiting for like an email back, but I think I'm going to do the one in July if you're interested and then maybe we can have you back and we can oh, talk yeah. about our experience at the street outreach. Oh, I'd love to. Next yeah, month. That'd yeah. be so fun. Okay. Awesome. That'd be so cool. And now it's time for our weekly spotlight. First, we have Everett Jackson. It's been missing since June 11th, 2022 from Boise, Idaho. Everett was 21 at the time of his disappearance and is described as an African-American male, six feet, seven inches tall. He has black hair and brown eyes. He was 195 pounds at the time of his disappearance. Anyone with information is asked to contact the Gem County Sheriff's Office at 208-365-3521 or the BAMFI at 877-972-2634. Second, we have Nina Rose, missing since April 27, 2022 from Inglewood, California. Nina was 25 at the time of her disappearance and is described as an African-American female, 5 feet, 5 inches tall, with brown hair and brown eyes. She was 130 pounds at the time of her disappearance. Anyone with information is asked to call the Inglewood Police Department at 424-227-0397. And last, we have Ariana Shelby, missing since April 21st, 2022, from Fort Worth, Texas, Ariana was 16 at the time of her disappearance and is described as an African-American female, 5 feet, 3 inches tall. She has red hair and brown eyes. Her lip, nose, and ears are all pierced, and she has a tattoo with the name Jimmy over a heart with the name Darren over Jimmy. She also has a tattoo on the inside of her forearm with the name LaMonica. Anyone with information is asked to call the Fort Worth Police Department at 817 392 Four two two two, or private investigator Stewart at nine seven two three six two nine five one one. Well, thanks everyone. Uh, well, thank you, Aaron, for being yeah, here, thanks and thanks for all me. of our listeners uh, out there. We'll definitely have to have you back, Aaron. 
If any of our listeners out there know of a human trafficking case that you think we should cover, please send that over to us at info at lastword.com and be sure to follow us on all of our social channels. And until next time, stay vigilant, be aware, and remember the world needs love, not hate. Mm-hmm.